You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Sipple the snowflake is one old triggered soul with reading glasses sitting on his nose and takes that really blow simple the snowflake deserves a mouthpiece to the face he says the bronze the goat and steph will choke then he runs to his safe space hey we gotta be careful here he tells us when we speak, but when 10 games air in a day, he thinks that's too many. Oh, Sipple the Snowflake says words like mature. He's a blogger now and an honor too, and also really old. You know, last week we were able to add the picture of Sip in his box of donuts. Now, I'm kind of looking forward to these new pictures we get of Sip. I'm just going to keep adding to the collage here on the graphic, the Stephen M. Sipple graphic. So I look forward to the next great picture we catch of Sip in the wild. Oh, yeah. Either standing next to a garbage can, holding a box of donuts. Pointing at his takes. Maybe maybe helping a cat out of a tree. Oh, wow, or, he's a hero. Or helping an old woman cross the street. Oh. Or calling producers the wrong name. Oh, Wait, what? interesting. Sipple, what did you call young Nick? Josh. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if I should be offended or if Nick should feel complimented. <laughs> I have it in my phone as Josh Producer. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's not even close to my name, Well, I mean, there is a producer named Josh who does call him. There is. I used to call him from that same phone number. Which Mm. is why it's probably labeled that way, right, Sip? Right. Why don't you just make it 1620 The Zone? Mm, Good question. I'm going to make it Nick. I'm going to make it Nick. No, I can't make it Nick because I'll do the same thing. Um, Yeah, Yeah, you could just name it 1620 The Zone. Now, wait a minute. If that's the same line, like when you're on with the morning show... Is, it, is the same thing show up that's producer Josh? Ah, it must, yeah. It must. Hmm. Fascinating. I, yeah, not all that fascinating. <laughs> what, do you th- what, what do you think tonight? UConn by 12? <laughs> wow, Sip, coming in hot. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> UConn by 12, you say? Mm. Just to spark it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, are you going to be watching tonight, Sip? I am. 7.30 FS1. Whoa, Sip, it's college and, and, basketball. Is everything okay? Yeah, everything. No, it's not okay. What do you think? <laughs> but um, it, it's good enough for me to watch the game. Wow. I, mean, I say that in jest. I do. I'm, I'm interested in a lot of it. I'm interested in it because I'm really – I seldom schedule my night around the game, but I'm doing it tonight. Wow. I'm impressed, Sip. I'm very You're impressed. You're turning over a new leaf. I'm a McDermott fan. I don't mind saying that. I I am. I like the well, way I like his coaching style. 
I know. So much so that, Sip, you even you even dedicated a, a small section of one of your recent columns to who should get the Ohio State job. He'd be magnificent in that role. I, I wonder, though, so, I know he has that house in Arizona. I wonder about that ASU job. If that pops open, what happens there? I'd watch that one. Mm. I would. I'm not, I, I don't say that lightly. I think I would watch that. Hey, speaking of things you wrote, Sip, this really jumped off the page to me, and I know that John is going to shake his head in disagreement. Spring ball begins March 24th. It can't get here soon enough. <laughs> it can't. It can't get here soon enough. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it'll be a good spring. and It'll just be a good spring in terms of Will it. Um, just new players. I mean, there's so many new players. Well, it's like that every spring there's new players. No, no, there's not 23 newcomers ever. I mean, it's. Oh, I think there were more than 23 newcomers last year. There were a lot of newcomers last year. Okay, I'm not doing a good job because here's what's happening. I'm getting. Yeah, sell me on this because you got a lot of work to do if you're talking spring. Yeah, I got got some work to do. I mean, true freshmen, early enrollees. Let's put it that way. So when you when you talk about early enrollees, I think it's 16. I think that's the number. It's a crazy number. I mean, that's Um, a long-winded way of saying Dylan. Why can't we just narrow it down to the most common and probably the likely answer? It's about Dylan, isn't it? We all want to see Dylan. We want to see Dylan in areas other than sitting next to Trev Alberts at basketball games waving at people. We'd like to actually, you know, maybe see him with a football in his hand and an Oscar helmet. <laughs> That's a long way of saying Dylan. It is. Now, also, also you have the transfers. You know, Isaiah Nayor and Jamal Banks. Mr. Banks. And the lot. You know, Dante Dowdell, those are the ones I'm most interested in, so I named them. Okay. So, no, it's it's more, it's more, much more than usual. And, and some of it is the transfer portal has added to the allure of spring. To me, it's more, well, it's that, and then it's just football. I mean, I just like writing about football. Hell yeah. But I do think, I do think there'll be some basketball. Um, there's going to be a lot of basketball for you guys and everybody to talk about coming up here. Hey, hey, Sip, question for you about Dylan, but from the other player's perspective. Do you think that guys are going to get really annoyed getting asked a million questions about how Dylan Riola looks at spring practice? That's a good question. I think, yeah, I mean, if it's not handled properly, I guess, yeah. I think that you can do it. I don't know how I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think on my feet, even though I'm sitting in a parking lot. I, I don't, I just don't, you don't want to bombard the other guys with it. Maybe you can do it in a subtle manner sometimes. Mm-hmm. Example, example, you're at, you're talking to Ben Scott about, you can ask about the offensive line, how it's coming together. Um, you can ask him about the offense. You can ask him about, his season last year and what he expects this year and at the end of the interview you might just throw in hey how's that how's that how's that rail is Rayo, how's Rayola look what's that picture look like you don't have to you don't have to hit him with it right over the head every time you know hit a player with it over the head so yeah I think you're I, that's a great question and I do think it could get annoying for everybody if it's not handled right we were talking earlier, Sip. Um, Matt Rule uh, did an interview with Tom Chattel recently. Tom has been kind of parsing out some of the stuff that he shared. And in today's column, 
it seemed like Matt Rule is wanting to back away from playing power conference opponents in the non-conference schedule. And, and part of the rationale is, you know, hey, our league's getting tougher and this is going to be about eventually positioning yourself for the playoff. Are you okay with that philosophy? I mean, Nebraska's basically had the same scheduling philosophy through many coaches, many athletic directors for as long as I can remember. Um, but this would seem to be a departure from that. What do you think? You're, you're going to kill me, but you kind of blanked out. Uh, so what was his – this is a scheduling philosophy changed by rule? Yes. Um, here, let me let me go back. I'll, I'll just read you a little bit of what he, he said with Tom. He yeah, said – um, let's see. I want to make sure I get the best quotes here. In a year where you hope to play 15 or 16 games, why would you elect to play a really tough game early? Um, Tom then supposes that – after playing Colorado this year and Cincinnati next year, that some of those non-conference dates against Tennessee, Arizona, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State could probably go away. Rules, quote, college football is going to be all about getting to the playoff, getting to the tournament. Then it's how do I get there and have a home playoff game? I would like to play local Division One teams. We're playing Northern Iowa next year. Those kids are from our region. Those kids maybe grew up watching Nebraska. Oh, I'm, I'm now i got to tell you, all right, I gotta be careful. I just don't try to appease everybody here. I've always been inclined towards softer non-conference. Um, I don't, it, especially when Nebraska moved to the Big Ten. I think you would find I'm consistent in that way. Your Big Ten schedule is a it's, it's a brutal march. I mean, it's just a hard schedule. And even even in those years where we kind of perceive it as easier, it's not that easy. So I don't mind. I, I I do think it's sort of ridiculous scheduling a big time, especially for Nebraska right now, scheduling some big time opponent. Now, again, I wasn't supportive of what I wasn't supportive of what Frost tried to do. The, you're talking about the Oklahoma game? Yeah, I mean it was ridiculous. Now, that was that was going way too far in the conversation. And if and if the if the schedule set and there's an opponent there, you you know you play it, but. And I'm not – I think, again, this is a – I think you handle this in a subtle manner and not be overt about it as an AD and a head coach at Nebraska. You just – you know, you just do it I, – I wouldn't pronounce – I wouldn't announce my intentions the way Rule did. I would just kind of go about it, you know, behind the scenes. We don't need to, we don't need to be overly aggressive with our non-conference scheduling now. We just, it's just not – if that's your philosophy, I don't know that I would go – I would trumpet it. I would just do it. Would you classify what Nebraska has done in the non-conference as aggressive? Because I certainly no. wouldn't. Well, I'm trying to think what year – I mean, when they were playing Oklahoma, it was pretty aggressive, right? Well, but that was also scheduled many years in advance. And, you know, that's the other thing about college football that's different from, like, basketball is they schedule a lot of these things well in advance, especially yeah, these bigger aggressive. series. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't been. I'm trying to think back now. You got to help me hit with this. I, I mean, I mean you got to go back years, to the '80s or and '90s when you would see times where you would have two or three power conference schools on a schedule. But typically, the pattern has been you get one power conference school home and home, and then the other two are filled up with either you know group of five or a combination of group of five and. FCS schools like Northern Iowa. Yeah, I'd stay pretty much in that group of five FCS 
range if it were me, um, especially right now. Now, if you get to where you're uh, – now, see, it's, it's, it's a very nuanced discussion to me. If you return to powerhouse status, you know, if you're getting – if you're knocking on the Michigan level and the Ohio State level and I guess the Oregon level and, and I guess even the Penn State level, I would be a little more aggressive. But as you're building, and I'm, and I'm, it's, you know, you're trying to get back to put it that way. Um, then I would be less aggressive. Uh, yeah, I would. Be. I don't. But the interesting the thing, in, in, in how Rule couches it, he does. He's not talking about this in terms of we've got to do this because we're building a program. He's talking about it in this league is tough enough as it is. Right. We don't need to play anyone tougher in the non-conference because we want to put ourselves in the best spot to make the playoff. So he's talking right. about postseason conversation. This has nothing to do with, hey, we're just little old Nebraska and we're just trying to make our way in the world. This is more about thinking, you know, hey, we need to kind of game the system here because we need to put ourselves in the best spot to make a playoff. Yeah, he's thinking strategically, and I am too. I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, he is pure – he is thinking strategically. I am in a sense too. Um, I think even, even if you do get powerful, you're still a little careful. Like I'm not like, I don't know if I'm Ohio state, if I'm going, if, I, I mean, I don't know why they would have, like if they've gone out to Oregon in the non-conference, not, no, don't why you don't need to do that. Um, Nebraska, hell Nebraska did. Um, Nebraska wasn't it. We weren't talking about it. The playoff situation with Nebraska then, um, but rule Matt's right. He's right. I mean, you don't need to do it, and I wouldn't advocate it. Sip, how much does here. how much does how much do season ticket holders matter in this discussion? That's a great question. That's a really good question. Uh, it matters less if you're <laughs> Big Ten TV money. Stadium. No, that no, it matters less if you're taking up that, that stadium down to sixty five. You know. Sixty-five thousand, or, or you know, if they're they're talking about seventy, I guess it, it matters less then. But it would matter even less if you keep going down, which I would advocate. I'd go down to sixty-five if you could. Um, but no, Josh, that matters. That absolutely matters. But you can get good regional teams in here that don't take you out of maybe a game. At you know, you might play some opponents that you'd worry about the next week. You you can find teams in the region, Wyoming, um, you know, I'd even say Kansas State. I'd say Iowa State. That aren't going to beat you, beat you up too bad if you lose. So that's how I do it. I mean, I, I just think, and, and I don't mean that, I don't, I'm not, it's just all about the Big Ten to me. And it's not only just about the Big Ten and, and how good it is. It's how physical it is. That's largely what it's about to me. We've seen it. It beats you up. And you and you guys can say, oh, come on, Sip. Purdue, Northwestern. Yeah. Those teams, hit, they hit you. They're physical. Those teams were physical. Think about, just close your eyes and think about the Purdue game and the hits in that game, particularly from those two defensive ends, but not in a safety that lowered the boom on Heinrich. The hits in the Big Ten, the physicality in the Big Ten, is much different than, for instance, the Big 12. Much different, and that's why that's why that's largely why I say what I do. 
Sip, how closely are you watching this women's basketball lawsuit? Well, it's hard not to watch it closely. I mean, there's not – I don't know that from from here what the developments would be. I mean, it's – now it's – you know, the most interesting part is is a, is it's happened. The, the filing of the lawsuit in U.S. District Court, and, and then – the uh, sometimes I laugh when I'm nervous, and when you talk about this, when you when you read that lawsuit, it's you know if you're Trev Alberts, if you're a regent, if you're the president of the well, they don't have one right now. If you're, the, if you're a chancellor, if you're Amy Williams, it's that's it's got to be nerve wracking. I mean, nerve wracking among other things. It's it's embarrassing. Um, so I yeah, it's a it's a gigantic story. Is it one where you think that someone could lose their job over it? Sure. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, if there, there's, I'm not saying that I have all the information, but there could be, you know, there could be information that comes out that would lead to that for sure. Yeah. Sip, uh, to try to end on a bit of a happier, more fun note, um, again, not to, to keep bringing up Chattel columns, but I did see this quote from, <laughs> from Matt Rule last week, and it made I'll me think. Chattel on. <laughs> yeah, it, no, but it made me think of you, and so I wanted to get your yeah. take because he said, "This yeah. is Matt Rule. We have dogs and a cat, no chickens or anything like that. I try to stay as focused on football as I can." I wonder if you thought that was a shot across the bow at you. <laughs> um, or Trixie. Um, I I don't know um, that. Yeah, that's interesting. No chickens. chickens no don't chickens. Really affect, chickens don't really affect your focus. Right. Well, first of I all, mean, how many people have chickens anyway? That's why you're I think farmer? it's a shot. It's simple. No, there's more than you think. There's more than really? you think. Really? Oh, oh yeah, so, so the chicken-owning community is bigger than I think? Yeah, it is. I, I, I'm thinking right now, in my immediate neighborhood, I know of two people, and there used to be three. Um, in fact, the neighbor's across the alley of chickens and um then in another neighborhood that i go i'm in a lot that there's there's a huge it's right in the middle of town john it's over by lincoln northeast there's a there's a quite a gaggle i'd say nine to ten chickens in the yard at times wow i thought i can't i I thought i was living in the big city (laughs) you are doesn't sound like it i don't have any chickens in my neighborhood it's a thing in the city too. That's the thing, and I don't think it's a, I don't think it's exclusive to Nebraska. I think, you know, my, I haven't read about it. I don't get Better Homes and Gardens magazine or anything like that. But I, I think that <laughs> they, I, I've had. It seems like I've heard anecdotal evidence that it's a thing. Yeah, by the yeah. way, Sib, we just got a tweet from someone who says at least two of my neighbors have chickens, and I just got a text, weirdly, we have four friends not counting Sipple that have chickens. How about that? A lot of chickens in the world. <laughs> okay. More, more antidotal evidence. Jerry says there's a ton of chicken people in Omaha as well, a ton. I like yeah. Popeyes. My mom had chickens for a while. There you go. Yeah, but didn't you grow up on a farm, Nick? Well, yeah, but it wasn't a chicken farm, John. She just wanted chickens. Well, yeah, but I think of chickens being, you know, on a farm in the rural areas. But I didn't think that people were keeping them as pets. I assume 
Is, is it is it just for the, I mean, what kind of a pet does a chicken make? Mm, they're very affectionate. Good. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Affectionate? I mean, I, yeah. Chickens are affectionate. Really? They are. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they... Uh, huh. My mom had one that would just perch up on her shoulder. Wow. I mean, let's put it this way. When they see my truck, they come run. They know. They wow. Know. Come a running, chicks. <laughs> Don't you hear that noise? Aaron texts in simple says, Tell Sip chickens suck. Wow. I had them growing up. You're on a real one until you have a damn pig. Chickens are dumb as hell and woof. Do not miss them at all. Lots of people have chickens. They just suck ass. Jeez. Aaron, very, very opinionated on owning chickens. That's harsh. The yeah. chickens when Sip comes home from work. Hey, daddy's home. Lick, lick, lick. lick. <laughs> they don't um, they, they don't lick? Me. No. They're low maintenance. I don't think they suck. They don't. They, I mean, the the problem with chickens that you have is you. It's very simple to me. It, there's a. It's perilous because if like this time of day is a time of peril, when the sun's going down and the foxes come out mm. and whatever else comes out, mm. and you got to get them in. You can't let you can't let them roam around too much longer it's 514 right now yep by 630 you better have them locked up or there could be you know we've seen massacre you know we've seen a chicken massacre in our yard that explains why there's no chickens in our neighborhood we have foxes oh there you go yeah yeah Yeah, and the proliferation of foxes is is a factor in this whole discussion. I need to tell those foxes, hey, you're you're camping in the wrong neighborhood. You need to head up to Sip's place. That's where, oh they, that's where all the food is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't want another massacre, John. <laughs> this is starting to sound like the recent episode of Curb with the coyotes and the dogs. <laughs> Indeed it is. Uh, coyotes are a huge problem. Mm. And they, they are. I mean, they're more vicious. And they can do a lot more damage. Steve Sipple, ladies and gentlemen. You can find this in the latest edition of Better Homes and Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to read my mom's Better Homes and Gardens when I was a little kid when I was really bored. I don't remember any chicken raising tips in there, but hmm. yeah, I think maybe it's a, more of a recent, I'd say in the last 10 years. Okay. A, probably last five, actually. Makes sense. More of a discussion. Steve Sipple. All always... right, I'm down to UConn by seven. UConn by seven. UConn by seven. UConn by seven. So you still say they cover? Ah. Uh... Don't, what do you think? Uh, I'm not saying a thing. I think I think it's going to be very tough. I think it's going to be a very very tough game. UConn is super good. Yeah, it's I um uh, and I but I do I look I look forward to the game. Thank you, John. I do too. Steve Sipple. Bye, Sipple. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Steve Sipple, HuskerOnline.com, and Better Homes and Gardens. Wow. Chicken connoisseur. Hmm. Well, uh, I, we're all, we are all chicken. I had chicken for lunch. I had chicken last night. I had chicken for lunch, John. Handshake chicken me. boys. Mm-hmm. Handshake. Uh, my college advisor, she is of the city. She had chickens. Nice. Man, I I, I, I just live in different neighborhoods. I like I, dogs. I never. Uh, bark, I never, bark. More I never, of a dog. I never see Mr. anyone Banks. with chickens in our neighborhood. The mm. worst part about my mom's chickens were wrangling them up. You know, we'd let them roam around, and then toward the end of the day, you have to wrangle them up because, as Sip said, it's a time of peril. It's like getting a kid to go to bed. It's so difficult. So it's past your bedtime, chicken. Like they'd Good hide point. under the deck. Like, get out from under there. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Well, we are, as you can see, the lights keep changing in here. Yes. John um, blew himself. They, they, uh, they're, they're, they're practicing. They're practicing the pregame. I can hear the students outside in the, uh, in the, uh, 
concourse as they're getting ready to let them in. Uh, should be a pretty lit atmosphere tonight here at the old uh, ballpark. It's Literally hear, and figuratively. It's weird to hear John say lit. Mm-hmm. But then he yells at me for using the word clutch. Well, you're using it wrong. I, you don't, I, I never heard it used in a sports sense as a verb. It's, it's what they do in the NASCAR cars, right, John? The clutch? Well, yeah, you use the clutch to shift the gears. Especially when you're on a super speedway. Yeah, going straight. No, no. once you get to top gear, you're not shifting anymore. Maybe they should just have automatics. It's not my fault you're out of touch with the youths in our lingo, John. Mm. Well, I've never heard that lingo ever used, even by the youths. Mm. Clutch is an adjective. You need to hang out with more youths. So I missed this earlier. I think I was yelling at people. Did Nick say, like, that was clutch? No, I Nick said, said he clutched, clutched a win. win. Oh, yeah, that's not real. Yeah, that's not real. That's not real. Sorry. Never, I've never heard wins. that phrase ever used. You, you can describe a clutch basket, mm. but that is an adjective describing the basket, a clutch play. And Sorry, Nick. My thing is, and I could acknowledge if I'm wrong in this sense. Quarter. But if you knew what I meant anyway, does it matter? Does it matter? If you knew what I meant, does it matter? Well, how yeah, I, I know it? what it meant because I've hung around you long enough to know that your broken syntax, I can kind of read through it. <laughs> it it's kind of like if you, you know, if you never learned how to speak French, but you live in Paris long enough, you kind of pick up some things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, starting to, I, I'm, I'm starting to pick up some of your lingo. That doesn't mean your lingo was good. I never said it was good, but you knew, if you knew what I meant, does it matter what road we took to get there? Some people take the highway. Some people like the back roads and the view, John. Okay. Nice to see you two arguing over something really stupid for yeah. once instead of me and Nick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be back with more from CHI Health Center. We still have some content coming up and also what's for dinner. I, I think I made a faux pas last night uh, in what's for dinner mm. when I was at home. Oh, no. Yeah. We'll find out later. On 1620 The Zone. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as. Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2, just use Instacart. Brian.